hit the record button. Oh, good. We can warm up. This we is, we remember can. Remember our warm up. That's right. Was we, you know, just we, be we a can combo? Re, we can re warm up before yeah. you know before we like uh, start. Is. That is good coffee. I Thank have to you. tell you. You know, we 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 pride ourselves here at the Dana Buckler Show uh -huh. Studios on on providing our guests the best coffee possible. That, that barista out there, she's something special. She's pretty good. Oh, yeah, pretty pretty good. <laughs> Speaking of which. Uh, speaking of pretty good, yeah. uh, she had never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before. None of them. None of them. So wow. we, we started from the beginning. We're uh -huh. into season <laughs> six right now. Wow. And How so, long did that take? Well, there's... How many episodes? There's 10 episodes. Oh. There's 10 episodes a season. Okay. So we've watched more than 50 episodes. And it, it it's one of those rare shows that just gets better sure. each season. Yeah. Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? But it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I, I got... It was one of those shows that had like a life um on its own yeah and then you hear just the word of mouth like oh my god this show's hilarious so then you try to like go find it because it was on hbo before yeah. streaming so then i then i started searching it out after probably too late and then watched uh, like a season or two and that's what's that guy's name the guy uh his boy the the guy that lives there that's not leon oh my leon, gosh yeah. leon the he's the best the first time leon appears on screen i kind of uh -huh. i kind of looked at her and i said pay attention to him because yeah. he is going to be a mainstay on the show moving forward. Yeah, and I and, I don't know if they plan that. I mean, yeah, he just maybe, took off. He, he just did. took off. Yeah. Did, do you know Do you know the story behind Curb Your Enthusiasm that I it's mean, that it's an improvised show of the whole thing? So what happens of Seinfeld, is well, no, no, no. When I say improvised, I mean that what Larry David does is he writes uh, a basic outline of what the episode needs to have. Uh -huh. You know, this, these are the points of, this is the story of this episode. Sure. And then each scene, he tells the actors, all right, this is what we need to accomplish in this scene. Go for it. That's... There's no script. Wow. They, so they improvise everything, but they just make it a point to make sure we hit these beats. And so when you watch it through the eyes of knowing that these guys are improvising their all of their dialogue, it's that much more brilliant. Wow, it is brilliant. It's incredible what they do. That is, oh man. And it's, there's another season coming out. Really? It's not done. He, why Why stop? There, listen, my favorite episode, I mean, it's hard to say my favorite episode, but the, the episode where he wants to get out of uh, a lunch with a producer friend of his uh -huh. and they're in LA, you know, so super liberal. Right. So he decides just to wear a MAGA hat to, uh, uh <laughs> to the lunch. I'm sure it didn't backfire. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Man, there's no way. No. So, so do you remember the, the character it, the in Curb Enthusiasm, Super Dave? Oh yeah, absolutely. Super Dave was a show on absolutely. HBO, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was another stupid comedy my dad used to love. It was the, be the Wasn't best. Wasn't he like a terrible superhero? Well, or well, something? No, no, he was a stuntman. <laughs> oh, so he, so the, the running joke of of the Super Dave Osborne show was <laughs> he he did it so serious too. Uh -huh. So he would talk about these big elaborate stunts, and he always had his partner. This uh, little Japanese guy who was always his like his assistant who would help. But the, the joke was at the end of every episode, the stunt would go terribly wrong. Oh, a terrible. Yeah. He'd get hurt. He'd get hurt. But it was always like a dummy in, in the oh, yeah, whatever the stunt right. was. That's so, right. Yeah. That was like, like 80s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and then so. was that a spinoff of the show Bizarre? Have you ever seen Bizarre? Uh, it was. It was a it was a segment in, inside of Bizarre. Absolutely. That's what I yeah. And then, they, and then he got his own show after that. So, we're talking like you know, like early mid '80s, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And there was like, you know, language and, and nudity on that show. It was a big deal back then. My dad just let me watch that. Like I, you know, I was probably ten. I, I appreciate that. Bizarre was a really interesting show because it was on in Canada. Oh, like, I remember that's it in how Canada. You know yeah, but Canada had a little bit loose. It was on regular television in Canada. Oh, so Canada has a little bit more looser guidelines as far as what can be shown on regular television. Okay. So, so language in regular television shows, even in the eighties, was was something that we were rather used to. This is when we moved to the it United States. You, though, when you're younger, you're watching that. Like nowadays, forget about it. But when you're younger and you have a show that's Showing a little bit of nudity and some well, rude comedy. That I, shapes you. I like it? to say that in America, teenagers had uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Mm -hmm. And in Canada, we had a show called Degrassi High or okay. Degrassi Junior High, which was it was a drama about kids in high school. And it dealt with like, serious, serious issues. 
Right. And there was language and all kinds of stuff going on in that show. It just so. gives you, it just, it molds you a little bit more when you're younger. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Bill, welcome yeah. to the hey. Dana Buckler Show. Hey, thanks. Hey, yeah, listen, I just realized we didn't do the introduction. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dana Buckler Show. So we are recording on a uh, Monday. Last night, Jesse and I went to Orlando. We went and saw the comedian Earthquake, who... Um, came on our radar when we saw Dave Chappelle at Madison Square Garden. He was one of the guys that was a surprise opening act for Chappelle. And when I saw that he was playing in Orlando, I said, I told Jesse, we, we, we got to go. We got to go. And I don't know how often you go to stand up, but the Orlando Improv probably seats about 150, maybe 200 people. It's like the classic comedy club. It's all tables, you know, small little, yeah, there's little little tables that seat four people and there's, you know, cocktail service, you know, drink minimums, things like that. Uh, Great sound system in there. Had a really good setup. How was he? It, it, uh, hilarious. Yeah. Now, here, what, here's what interesting. Here's the, we always kind of fall into these interesting scenarios of he was doing two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, and he was supposed to do two shows on Sunday. The shows were at 7 and 9 each night. Well, I'm not sure what happened, but they ended up canceling the 9 o'clock show on Sunday. Would so, you? Okay. So we were going to the 7 o'clock oh, show. Oh, perfect. So, but when you're going to the first show, there is time constraints. All right, so show starts at seven. There's an opening act, opening comedian. His name was Mr. Bishop, really funny guy. So he would play, he would do a 30-minute set, and then Earthquake would come on and typically do an hour, and then they'd have about a half an hour to reset the room. You're out, everyone's out by 8.30, reset the room for the next, you know, for the next show. But because they ended up canceling the nine o'clock show, earthquake could go he could just go a lot longer so he did like an hour 40 all right i'm sure he was trying out some new material and stuff like that cool it was by the time the show was over i was i was like okay thank god this is over i can't laugh anymore yeah like Like, your stomach hurts you got a headache because you've just been laughing straight physically nice exhausted nice so we uh why is his name earthquake he's a big guy he's a big guy (laughs) But what was cool about it, and this this happened to us when we were in New York, you know, we went to the Gotham Comedy Club, and when you go to one of these places, when it's just a, when you're just a party of two, um, they're going to seat you at a table with another couple. And when we were in New York at the Gotham Comedy Club, we met met this awesome couple who were visiting from Trinidad, and we ended up just having a great time hanging out with them. And then last night we met this couple that was in line, and we ended up sitting with them. And ended up going out to dinner with them afterwards. Really? Yeah. So hello to Douglas and Shirley. We, nice. We hey, gr- hi, Doug. Hey, Shirley. Great meeting. And there. And what was cool is about it was like, so this is a comedy club, and Earthquake is a raunchy comedian, and Shirley's seventy two, and Douglas is seventy eight, and they're like, no, we're here for the stand up. Nice. We're here to laugh. I love it. So it, it was awesome. It cool. was it was a great, great, uh, great evening. Oh, and so, did you guys go out to eat or we did did. go out to yeah. a little nightlife or anything? Yeah, so it was the end of the holiday weekend. So uh, Orlando on a Sunday night, the end mm. of the holiday weekend. Kinda, That's true. Kind of quiet. And the thing is, it rained all day yesterday in Orlando, too. So Same here. Same here. But got a, because it was a Sunday at the end of the holiday weekend, got a great deal on a hotel room. Beautiful. Got a suite at the Marriott for like $100. Nice. You know, like it was something, right. it was something crazy Perfect. like that. So, uh, cool. no, we went to a like this British pub. You know, Point Orlando. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's oh, where that's that right. that's I where drive. the improv. Okay, yeah. oh, that's, that's where the right. improv is. And I they got it. all the different restaurants and everything there. So we had a couple old fashions at Point the Orlando. The pub or whatever. The pub. The yeah, pub. Like the, yeah. Yeah, 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 the pub. Got it. Which I just it's a feel big p- chain. It's a big chain. Yeah, yeah. It just. It it was it was not lost on me that this was like a corporate restaurant. It's like an outback for outback steakhouse for, for British English pubs. Right. Yep. And I was just looking around like it looks so good in here, but I'm like, it's also feels so manufactured. Yes. We went to the Blue Ridge Mountains a couple weeks ago and we were in downtown Blue Ridge and I forgive me for not remembering the name of the Irish pub, but there was an Irish pub in Blue Ridge that opened in eighteen sixty seven. Wow. And when you walked in that place it felt it felt that like a felt pub. authentic and the guy operating the place was from dublin so how, how was that blue ridge is beautiful i'd never been to the blue ridge mountains in the before. fall i'm sure the leaves have already changed it's gotta be beautiful yeah no beautiful. it was the weather was uh i think the high of a high of 60 during the day into the high 30s at night 
we the cabin we got we got an airbnb and even like the airbnb like they tell you like your standard front wheel drive car is not going to make it to this cabin like you better make sure that man you guys have been doing a lot lately man well jesse's got the big ford oh yeah sport f-150 with four-wheel drive and you better believe out there right now yeah we need it every did you Every bit of that four wheel drive to to get to the mountain to How get about, to the cabin. Can you imagine snow or ice trying to get no way? Right? What do you do? You just, I'll, I'll let you know when you we going go, again? when we go in February. All right, good luck. So get some it's, it's, snow tires and it's peaceful up there. Yeah, it's uh, the elevation of our cabin was two thousand two thousand feet. You know, and then we went to Murphy, North oh, Carolina. I saw. I know the area well. Yeah, I yes. grew up as a kid going up there every summer. Yeah, we so went. I know Murphy. There was a casino there. My we, first drive-in movie theater ever oh, Mur- okay. was in Murphy. Murphy's Murphy just is so. Speaking of authenticity, yeah, it feels so authentic. It's just in the Mur- middle of the mountains. This beautiful, like just, right at the beginning where the mountains really start getting yeah, good, like the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, Smoky Mountains. Yep. It, it's just. I mean, that is pretty. Look, I love living in. Excuse me, I love living in Florida. Sure, but. You know, I know you can't compare Florida. Like if you're a beach guy, like Florida's the place to be like there's right. amazing beaches. But other than that, like there was something about being up in God's country. It's pretty, you know, it was just I'm making fires out in the fire pit. I'm having coffee on the patio in the morning and deer are just walking by That's looking great. at me. That's great. You know, there was bears out there. I mean, it's just let's move. I'm out. I'm telling no, you. I don't know. We'll I'm see. telling you. So but I'll tell you something, Bill. Well, the the year is almost over, all right? It, yeah, it goes fast. What happened? And do you know how many times I've been to the theater this year? Not a lot. I, I, I might even be there more than you. Three times. Oh, I got you. Three times. Wow. And you used to go like once a week, maybe twice a week. 1996 to about 2015, uh-huh. I was going to the movies three times a week, every week, without fail. That's amazing. I was seeing more than 150 movies a year in the theater. My Regal Crown Club points were off the charts. Yep. And then I just got really disillusioned with, you know, what was in the movie theater. Right. You know, so I haven't seen a lot of stuff. I'm just not. It, it's like times change. Things yeah, are changing. It, it's so bizarre for me. Dang. So, but I'm curious. Yes. You know, you're on the show. We always like to talk about what we've been watching. So, you know. Let me. What do you? What do you got? Well, what do you been? What do you been keeping an eye on? Well, I'll say this. So speaking of that kind of topic, I haven't gone to the movies lately. Um, the ones that I do go to usually, it's because my seven year old were trying to just sneak away and see some new kids movie. So that probably last one in the theater was the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The the Mutant wait, Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I've heard that's an entertaining. It movie. was great. No, it was great. We had a blast. Okay, let me just stop right there for yeah. a second because. You just invoked a memory. That's why I love our show. We just talk, and I say one thing, and then here we go. I was twelve years old when the uh, the first Ninja Turtle movies came out. Ninja Turtle movie came out in nineteen ninety. That's that's how long ninety. So that was thirty thirty three years oh, ago. Oh my goodness! And that was a big big deal to see that one as a twelve year old. I remember being a little bit kind of like you weren't sure because they were kind of like you weren't sure if they were funny or racy or if it was like trouble or. Well, if you watch that movie now, uh-huh. it is shockingly violent for a kids movie. <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying, like, right? Sho- like they really dumbed it down for the sequel sure. that came out the next year, right. The Secret of the Ooze. But I'm telling you, that first movie, like, right. shockingly violent well, for a kid's they are movie. Ninjas. They are ninjas. Supposed to be fighting. Yeah. But, um, it wasn't just a little kid's toy. No. You know, it's kind of like a teenage, obviously teenage, you know, that's the market they were going after. Yeah. And it's still around. Look, I mean. They're still making it. Yeah. Yeah. So now we enjoy it as a great movie. I recommend it. But um, a, a lot of the stuff that, that I have on this list, I so on my way over here, I was just kind of jotting down stuff of what i've watched recently but yeah. it's all been at home yeah uh, streaming no. is unbelievable the service that i follow has every movie and tv show available um plus all the other services netflix apple tv that so speaking of apple tv i know you're not a big fan of these crazy action um shows but they're redoing um or like extending in prequel all mixed together godzilla so yeah, there you go. You already know where I'm so going. So you're one. talking about the show. I believe it's called Monarch. Yes. So I did watch uh, 
I shouldn't say I watched. I skimmed through the first episode. Okay. Uh, just just to see. Well, um, it's a lot of flashbacks. So a lot it's of hard flashbacks. To skim. I know. I'm like, it's hard to skim. That. I just wanted to see how much of the, you know, you know, you, 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 it, the 2014 Godzilla movie uh-huh. was, was, it was notably absent of something. And um, that was Godzilla. Right. He's barely in the movie. Yeah. All right. So I was just kind of curious with this first show. This first show is supposed to really hook you. Okay. In this TV series? Yeah. yeah. So oh, how no. much Godzilla yeah, no. am I going to see? No. Not much. No, 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 no. Not a lot. So it, it passed the time because I was at home uh, and I hadn't felt well the last few, you know, thanks. Oh, jeez. I'm not blaming the holiday on it. But anyway. I mean, you're, you, you, for wearing a mask right now, you're still pretty exactly. audible. I'm, you're so. safe. You're yeah. safe. <laughs> I just kind of like shows that are half entertaining and like past the time and I can just lay there and just kind of watch. So like I'm not looking for like super crazy entertainment action. So that's not it. But it shows the back history of the kids. Yeah. So uh, and it it goes all the way back to the beginning of almost before Godzilla. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, you got to sit there and watch. You can't just skim this. Interesting that it's on Apple TV. I know. Like I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there. Who is it? Is it Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell uh, pops in on episode uh, two. That's because he's going to be in the new Godzilla movie that's getting ready. To so come they're out. tying him into this. So yeah. he's in it. So he's. They kind of show the two scientists um, that are the grandparents of maybe the kid from you know the movie. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, but to me, I was still entertained. I I, I was excited for episode three. Just showed up. Okay, so right. I, I I'm I'm watching it. So it's called Monarch. Or, uh, what did I write down? Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So yeah, it's just yeah, trying yeah. to show the beginning of yeah. Godzilla. I think that's that expanded universe that they're trying to do. Oh yeah. So I, I will I will say real quick. Uh, there's so much content out there that unbeknownst to me and how this flew under my radar i i don't know um but there's a new season of fargo that just that just dropped i heard and uh, i think there's three episodes out right now and i'm just like how did i even miss that there's so much content because fargo has been such a you love that tv series i I know i'm writing that down i i saw like a you know, maybe a commercial or something. Right. About it. Like, They're trying to promote it right yeah, now. Yeah, what is going on there? So there's just there's so too much, much, and that you know it's a bubble, right? The whole thing is going to collapse on itself because they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on each one of these shows. Yeah, all right, and they're not making their money back. It's all about trying to get subscribers to right. subscribe. Like Paramount Plus, or so, they're all fighting. Right I mean, now. are you aware that there was a Halo TV show on Paramount Plus that they spent like $150 million on? I watched on? two episodes, yeah. turned it off. Yeah, I was like, eh, yeah. yeah. And I played Halo 20-something years they, ago. They yeah. must have spent a lot. You could tell they spent a lot of money on it, but it wasn't very good. They spent a ton, good. no. It was, but it was what, I, you, know what, you know what? When I was watching, I was like, I'd just rather play the game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. let me just put the game on. And that's so, not what's supposed to happen. No, no, you're not you're supposed, supposed to be, yeah. to be a gamer that's going, I'm so excited to yeah. watch what they do with us. Exactly. Yeah. And the rare instant where they got that right was the Last of Us television so show. Because they changed it a little. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't even want to play the game. I just want to watch this. Yeah. So yeah. that's an example of them getting it right. Yeah. Heard. So what else you got on your list? So um, here's a bad one. Haunted Mansion. Oof. Sorry, kids. Uh, that's a no. That's a no. Just bad to me, you know, the non-movie expert, bad writing, just cheesy, cheesy. I've watched the end of it going, there's 5% of this that, that's cool because it gave homage to the, the actual ride. Yeah. The rest, they could have done so much more with that. That was such a miss. Didn't they just make a Haunted Mansion yes. movie with Eddie Murphy a few yes. years ago? I don't know. You got me. I don't know. I listen. I don't and know. They, they spent a lot of money on this. The the budget you could tell. That's yeah. another one you could tell they spent a lot of money making. I, I have no idea Terrible what Disney's writing. doing these days. Terrible I, writing. I have no idea. Um, the MCU is floundering right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go through this. Yeah. List yeah keep here. going. Keep going. Um, I love kind of murder mystery type yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, because you know my movie Clue, man. You know what? Next year, I promise you, my birthday dinner in a movie is gonna be Clue. And we're going to write letters to everyone and sneak them. And everyone's got to come in costume. I can't wait for that. 
But this movie reminds me of Clue, and it also reminds me of another one uh, that I'll bring up later, but Invitation to Murder. An Invitation to Murder. Um, I've heard of it. It was it was it was almost just like Clue. Okay, uh, it was one where everyone got a letter inviting them to this like fancy mansion on an island, and like sounds like, just like Glass Onion too. Very similar. Yeah. Six random people that didn't know how they were connected, um, and then um, you know there was a murder. It was almost just like the movie Clue. Okay. Okay. Well written, well done. But to me, in my mind, I'm thinking Clue. Where some people, if you had never seen any of the, the Clue movie, you, you would. I think it was good. It okay, was, it was good. All right, I'll uh, put that on the recommend list. I like that. Invitation to Murder is pretty good. Uh, the Creator's brand new. That just launched. So where's that? What's up? So with that speaking one? of Godzilla, okay. the Creator is directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed the 2014 uh, Godzilla movie. Didn't know we were going to connect that, but of course you you got it. So and he also directed uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Okay, but the thing is. I haven't seen the creator yet, but what the movie is being praised for mm-hmm. is its visuals and how stunning the movie looks on less than a hundred million dollar budget. Awesome. Which would not take that away. I which didn't, wow. which I have to That's I, impressive. I, I've been meaning to want to watch the movie. I just yep. haven't had time. I it was because there's so much content. Yeah. I literally clicked on it just because it was one of the new ones that popped on my service. Had no idea it was supposed to be really good. I was just looking for a stupid action movie. It's, it's excellent. Yeah, no. But if I, I knew all of this, I probably would have watched it a little bit more detail. But that's the problem. There's so much content. How would you know that a movie this good, it it lose it gets washed away, it gets watered down because there's so much garbage out there. What's sad it's is really good. We make uh, the the general public out there, and and especially people who like myself who are constantly bitching about you know no no original ideas in Hollywood right now everything sure. is just recycled and and reused and and here along comes the creator an original movie yes with an original premise and nobody saw the movie yeah, who's in the watching theater it? how it, did it, it was go in the, to the theater movie? for like 2 weeks oh my gosh yeah and nobody saw it that's that's a shame i mean i enjoyed it but like I That's a shame. I don't know how movie theaters survive. I really don't. Kids' birthday parties? I mean, I just don't see how it's going to happen because... I like going, but, but I now, don't But even... now even Marvel movies are flopping. Like Miss the Miss Marvel or the Marvels, whatever yeah, it's called. That? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the last seven Marvel the, movies. I know. you. Have, I know. <laughs> but, but even the trailer looks bad. But, Aquaman, that trailer looks th- bad. Th- I... Those movies look awful. Terrible. They look awful. <laughs> and, and you know, I know thousands of people work on them, and I get all that and everything, but damn. Like, yes. But the Marvels, all right? Yes. This new, the newest Marvel movie, okay? Just to get, tell you how much things have changed, okay? This is the sequel to Captain Marvel, which came out in, I think, early 2019 or late 2018. It was the movie that came out between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. It was, it was Captain Marvel. That movie made a billion dollars. Yeah, but okay? it was pretty good. A billion dollars. I don't mind that one. Okay. That's the this, girl, right? She's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah she's yeah. good. Uh, uh, Brie Larson. Yeah, she's okay? great. I okay. like her. So just, like just to put things in perspective, okay? Four years later. Only four. That's not a long time. The sequel will probably not make $200 million in its entire theatrical run globally. It's so bad. Because they're so convoluted. They're so like, I'm, I, dare I say, and I'm not a Marvel guy. I make no, make no I bones about that. I think that's pretty clear on the record. But dare I say, Endgame, uh, it's probably 40 minutes longer than it needed to be, was a decent movie. I mm. saw that in the theater and I was engaged and entertained during the movie. Right. And that movie was over and that's when you take a break. Take a break. Yeah, big pause, right? Take a big pause because sure. all that happened was excited for after something. Endgame, they introduced 12 television series on Disney Plus that you had to watch. They're all connected. Lots of movies. And it just got to the point where, look, if you have to go see the, if you want to go see the Marvels, the new Marvels, 
and you're told for it to make sense, you need to watch, you need to have seen this show on Disney mm. Plus, this one, this one, this one. You needed to watch that movie. You need to see the end credit sequence on that film, and then it'll all make sense. Then you've fucked up. Yeah. Because well, look at those first 10 Marvel movies that came out. All right. Those movies had beginning, middle, and end. Right. All right. There was, they were loosely in the same universe, but a casual moviegoer could have gone and seen any one of those movies and been satisfied. The hardcore Marvel fans could have gone and seen those movies and been like, oh, I see all the little Easter eggs and everything. Mm -hmm. But the problem is with the Marvel movies now is it just doesn't make any sense unless you're completely up to date. And and that's where they're fucking up. They lost their way. Oh, seriously lost their way. way. Um, So did you see the Marvels? So no, have you seen no. it? Is it on your list? Well, no, it's not because the trailer to me looks so forced of this whatever message they're trying to get across yeah. that I can't watch it. Yeah. It's not, there's no real superheroes there. I don't know. It's just weak. No. Um, creator. Uh, I watched all the three Equalizers. Can I tell you something? Holy crap. Still haven't seen them. Haven't oh, seen, I haven't seen any of Dana. them. And, and you know what? I want to do a whole episode of Denzel Washington because there's, of these. There's no excuse for me. Yeah. I it's not, I've I've heard they're great. I've heard they're uh, R rated. Character. Oh, yeah, they're R rated. Yeah. And you I'm know what like, I thought of? I'm like, I like this better than John Wick. Yeah. Oh, that, you can't compare them. I mean, except that they're action movies and he's a tough guy. These are excellent. Yeah, I I and and I again, this falls into that. I have no excuse. Right. I should have seen the movies by now. I. So I watched the third one because it must be new because it's yeah it my, came out this year oh it did yeah. right because I you know my streaming service yeah. I, uh, thank you without naming the streaming service yeah. I love you very much thank you I may or may not have the same streaming service yes it's a, it's unbelievable yeah, it's a great streaming service um, and it's not pirating everyone we pay not, right we, yeah. we pay for it oh I do yeah. um I had to go back and watch one and two and you know what. I had seen one and two. Okay. I just kind of had forgot that I had watched them. So I've already had seen all of them. Yeah. I have rewatched them all. Still awesome. Great, great action. Tough guy movie. Highly, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen equalizers, go watch all of them. And I want to do a whole show on Denzel. Done. Denzel is such a good actor. I think he's underappreciated. Well, uh, I mean, he's, I he might sh- be now, but with the, with the younger generation, yeah, but they I wouldn't even know the, but, but, but our, our generation, we, I know, we know he's Denzel. Loved. I know, we know I, Denzel. I, I mean, agree. Denzel's his, a man. His greatest role ever for me is as the pilot a, one or uh, Alonzo in training day. Training day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, that's that. I mean, he won Academy Award yeah. best actor for that. That's, he's that's, so good. That's a great movie. Oh. I mean, he's great in everything. I, I go all the way back to Pelican is Brief. Is there a bad Denzel Washington movie out there? No, I no, mean, not that I don't. I, no. I, no, nothing. You he's can. Ch- he's picked his roles. Uh, he's he's excellent. You can look at every major, you know, A list movie star, and you can usually say, yeah, there's yeah, a couple weak. duds, yeah, a couple yeah, duds weak. here and there. Uh-huh. I don't think you can say that about Denzel. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he's, he's he's American treasure. He is awesome. Love Denzel. I watched Oppenheimer. Okay, let's talk about Oppenheimer okay. for a moment because uh, I did see it in the theater. Oh, you did. I saw it in the theater. That's yeah. one of the one of the three movies I saw in the theater this okay. year. And what went wrong for me when I saw it in the theater okay. was I had set my expectations for a different type of movie. Okay. And because Christopher Nolan is 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 his thing is big spectacle. Sure. And but his big spectacle is usually done practically like so if he can do the stunts in real life he'll do them in real life instead of using cgi mm-hmm. and so like in in tenant you know they crash a whole 747 into a you know into an airport hangar and that's I all wa- i gotta watch that again. and that that was all done for real so i'm expecting a big summer spectacle movie and that is not what no, the movie is. This is almost like a documentary. It is three hours long, and it's two hours and 55 minutes of men just talking in rooms. Yeah. That's what it is. There is the scene where they do the Trinity test, where they test the 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 atomic bomb, and that explosion was done for real. No CGI used to make that explosion. They, they detonated like 18,000 sticks of dynamite or something okay. to recreate that explosion. And I remember I checked my watch. 10 times yeah. in the theater. Like, come on, how much longer than this? I say all this because 
I couldn't stop thinking about the movie days after I saw it. Sure. And now when it became available to stream a video on demand, understanding what type of movie it was, I sat down and watched it again. Now what? And I'm like, oh, this is good. It's great, great, right? Great movie. Acting. I mean, just a compelling story. But but it was, and that happened to me with Quentin Tarantino. The first time I saw The Hateful Eight, I was like, I don't know about this. Uh, That wasn't. Now it's amongst my favorite Quentin Tarantino films. Uh So I'm not, I'm not good at um, setting the proper expectations for a movie. So what did you think? Um, Well, here's a couple of things first. Let's set the stage. Um, I watched, that was just like really rude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I was parched. I know. Just, I'm ready for coffee again. But yeah, it, yeah. We'll, we'll finish Oppenheimer. We'll get another coffee. I'm just joking. All right. So um, I watched it in two settings. Yeah. So that's the uh, the, the the luck of being at home. Right. Watching you can hit straight. pause. Pause. I, I mean, like literally days apart. Right. So I watched one. Life gets in the way, you know, and you're like, oh, all right, I'll just come back to this. So that that helped probably. Yep. Um, two, my sound system at home isn't amazing, but I spent like three grand on like speakers and, and a, a system. And so I had to turn it down. Yeah. My walls were shaking. I saw it in IMAX. I can't imagine that. I, I get it. I yeah, get it. I can't imagine that. I had to turn down my system in my house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was afraid I was gonna like something, just just the uh, kind of the Chris Nolan visual stuff that was going on, where you know he, he was kind of thinking that yeah, like, yeah that whole, whole stuff where, yeah, just shaking around right. him. That's yeah. cool, right? Whatever yeah. that all that I'm sure there's a name for all that stuff. That really so anyway, the movie really tied me in. It like it got me. I was I was in to the whole movie. I was into him and his character. I just overall great movie, great acting. Um, I liked it a lot, but I thought it was all about this bomb thing. Yeah. And that to me was nothing. That had that nothing was... to do with it. If you're waiting for this giant scene of something blowing up and everyone's going to like face is going to like that had nothing to do with it. Well, he faced no one faced a little bit of criticism uh, from some prominent Hollywood directors who said, if you were really going to do this story justice, if you were really going to do this story justice, you need to have a scene of these bombs being dropped in Japan. You needed to show the actual repercussions of what happened. And yeah. Nolan said, no, I don't, because yeah. my movie was about the man who yeah, created the Yeah, it's about him. Oppenheimer, it, it's about him. Yeah, it's and in the title. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> about him. Um, and I appreciate that, because I... That's why I said kind of documentary. I learned about him. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and his connection to Einstein and... Yes, that was cool. No, it was cool. People's expectations are ridiculous. Great, the acting's amazing. I will say one more thing about about Oppenheimer is that one of those rare situations where I didn't know what the movie was rated. Uh I just naturally assumed it was rated PG thirteen. Yeah. So, because most Nolan movies are rated PG thirteen, and you're releasing it in the summer, you want to get to the biggest audience possible. So there's a sex scene in the movie relatively early on in the film. Yes. And I'm I'm saying to myself, they're really pushing the boundaries of PG-13 rated movies right now. And I was like, huh. It, oh. And then Matt Damon's character, he plays General Leslie Groves. He was great. He's as dropping you, F-bombs you, all the time. Right. And oh, I was yeah. going, I'm going. This is not PG-13. really getting away with, is it because it's a period <laughs> piece, they're getting away with it? It still didn't clue into me that this movie was rated, rated R. R. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, eventually I figured it out because you got a limitation on how many times you can say the F word in, in a PG-13 yeah, rated movie. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny that, that you say that. Yeah. Because I just started watching Rec- Rexic or whatever. Welcome uh, to Rexic. Welcome to Rexic. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Reynolds kind of reference. You only get like two F bombs and a titty or something, yeah. And you're it's it's R. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so when I got out of the movie and got into my car, I just pulled it up. I was like, "Oh, it's rated R." There you go. And the thing is, this that movie was made for I think a little under a hundred million dollars, and it's made it made nine hundred and fifty million worldwide, and that is an R rated movie. That's like, dude. That's killed a, it. he's it killing, killed it. Killing it. That's it killed awesome. It. And Keep in mind, when you have a three-hour movie, you can't show it that many times during the day. So he was already like up against a wall 
Yeah. Because you can only show this movie like three or four times where a normal movie you can show five or six times. So if this film had been, you know, a two hour movie, it probably would have made one point five billion. Wow. So it's incredible. All right, what's next on the list? Hey, Dana. Hello. Man, that coffee is fantastic. We did take a quick coffee break. I'll tell you what, coffee at Dana's house always tastes better. That's pretty good. That's the kind of stuff we offer at the Dana Buckler Show Studios. Yeah, that barista again. Mm. Tell you what, she's a keeper. She's a looker. She is, man. That robe almost slipped off. <laughs> I'm Haunting in Venice, another murder mystery. I had texted you after I watched yeah, this Yeah, so Haunting Let's in talk Venice about that guy. is uh, it's the third movie in the Kenneth Branagh-directed Agatha Christie movies, uh, stories. Murder. So, so there's Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, and now Haunting in Venice. Yes. Um, I actually haven't seen any any of them there's another yeah. trilogy of yeah you haven't seen no i know and uh, not because i didn't want to but who has time yeah i, I know exactly yeah. this one just fell in my lap again streaming at home thank you service and uh i love i love the actor i love the lead actor right yeah kenneth Branagh. yeah he's one of those kind of sherlock Holmes kind of guys that figures everything out also the director he is you yeah. said that that yeah. is awesome also the director and you told me he was in something else that's out right now uh, he's been in a bunch of things. I mean, he's kind of. But I just saw him, and I, you know, he didn't have his fancy mustache yeah. on. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. whoa, buddy!" Don't so, so what's interesting? We talk about the content overload. There's so much stuff. It's amazing how, because we live in, you know, a hurricane-prone area, and it's amazing how, you know, if we lose power for a couple of days and we have nothing to watch, right? You know, and you have to like read a book, oh, or read something a book. Then yeah. you sit there and go. I swear to God, if I ever get my internet back, I'll never take for granted having all these streaming services. And then when you're back up and running a couple hours later, like, God, I don't even know what to watch. Here, here's a funny I, story. I don't even know what to watch. Here's a funny one. So we just moved and we're like um, two months in now at yeah. this new house. And the neighborhood has a fiber optic cable that comes into the houses if you pick instead of cable. Right. Um, and the fiber that comes in, it's it's under the ground right they've yeah. got it buried and, and then if there's a new house that they add it because not every neighborhood or every house has to use this fiber right so it's buried wherever so anyway this house that i bought had it but the the owner ahead of me he never he paid for the fiber to be added to the house but he never buried it once it came out of the ground and in, into the house it's just been laying oh geez there's a box in the fiber just laying in the backyard going into the house so I've had a lot of work done. I've had trees cut down. So wow. my tree guy cut the fiber. So we're sitting in the house. Oh, no. And all my TVs, everything is streaming. And uh, and by the way, with fiber optic, it's instant, instantaneous, right? There's oh, no buffering of it it's any so kind. It's so sad. Right? You're like, oh, my goodness, gone. Just just stop. But, but I'm saying like it never st had an issue when it was working. Oh, it's amazing. It, it, it was instant. Everything was right yes, away. Not, so no loading times, nothing. 95% yes yes the the only thing that spins is our service uh like on live tv sometimes sure. a little bit yeah but it is awesome and um tree guy cuts boom everything so i have like six tvs in the house all with amazon fire sticks all streaming i don't have any tv or phone anything is all streaming nothing hardwired in my house right so gone okay so that's like a nightmare right um and then get the fiber guy fixes it literally the next like week tree guys back again no done again no fiber gone again at what point do you have a conversation with the tree guy uh right? immediately both times and like you, you i want to kill him but he's a giant human being of a man and like you know there's only so much i could do but i he he felt horrible obviously but like literally your life shuts down now because if you're at home and you want to watch whatever, we're a huge sports and movies house. Yeah. You can't watch anything unless my my phone service, I can watch the streaming. I can see it on my phone, yeah. right? So anyway, I go right to the phone. But anyway, um, I had sod. So then just recently I had um, like a bunch of trees cleared in the front yard and then resodded the whole front yard. So I got a whole brand new yard. All right. Well, they did sod work in the backyard, too. No. Guess what? No. Boom. Still fiber again. Even with flag, it's all flagged. I went and talked to the guy. Ripped up again. 
So anyway, it's finally buried. So we're we're good to go. All right. So, yeah, we're we're streaming like you know lightning right now. We're we're good. But anyway, just been a nightmare. But the, it's just amazing how much is just literally streaming. Nothing hardwired. Thank God. But it is a it's good. We're we're good to go. So anyway, um, Indiana Jones. Wow. Really? Speaking of like. Yeah. Fiber being cut. I wish the fiber was cut during me watching Indiana Jones. Did you get through the whole thing? Uh, no, I went back three times, just praying that it was bad. I that's bad. Couldn't get past the what opening. a letdown. I mean, I just but I mean, I was just why yeah. Dana? Why? So explain the, to me, Dana. Well, I'm just the novice guy. But I this always is, bring this up. But Indiana, come this on. new Indiana Jones movie falls into the category of. Who is this? What are we making this for? You tell me. You know, uh, again, because we live in a world where studios. Okay. Should I I have not brought this up? I'm sorry, Dana. Time for some movie economics 101. Okay. Movie economics 101. All right. So here's how this breaks down. All right. It used to be that studios would make three types of movies. Okay, they would make the low budget film, which was made for between five to ten million dollars, and those were typically horror movies. Those are made on the cheap, and horror movies usually made some pretty decent money. You know, eighty, ninety million dollars in the case of movies like Saw or you know Paranormal Activity. Sure. You know, so so those were money makers. Then you'd have your mid budget films, which were made somewhere in that area of between thirty and sixty million dollars, and those movies would hopefully make about a hundred, 120 million. You know, there's some profit there. And then you had your big budget, $200 million movies. Uh So it used to be that movies had two streams of income. Okay. You would put a movie out in the theater. Yes. This is in the nineties and in the early 2000s, you put a movie out in the theater and it would make money, but then it would hit the DVD market. All right. DVD. What about Blockbuster, Dana? But or the home video okay, market. Right, however, however you want to. Yeah. Home, but it, home, it, home it, video movies had a second life yes. after theatrical. Theatrical. So even a mid-budget movie would, if it didn't make all of its money back in the theatrical run, right? It would make its money back and then some through DVDs. Or like you've said in the yeah. past, a, a whole nother life. Yeah, exactly. So I, DVD sales. might even do know. better at home. It, it, in a lot of cases, it did. Look yeah. at movies like Austin Powers, mm. Office Space. These are all movies that did not do well at the theater, but right. made a couple hundred million in home video. Got it. Unfortunately, now there is no home video. There is no DVD sales. That makes Studios me sad. made so much money off DVDs because it would cost them pennies to manufacture that disc because they would manufacture them in bulk and they would sell them at 20 bucks, which most people would do an impulse buy. I've heard of that movie. It's 20 bucks. Let me buy that real quick. Right. That is gone. So studios have now said we have to make as much money as possible. So we are going to take out the mid-budget film. That is going to go away. We're still going to do our cheap horror movies. Blumhouse does those. The Purge. You know, all of those movies are made for cheap. And then we're going to make the big blockbuster films. Because the big blockbuster films, you know, on a $200 million budget can make $800 million to a, a billion. But there's a lot of risk with the $200 million film. Because that might not make the... All right. So the studio says, well, how do we guarantee people go see this film? We guarantee it. By offering them something that they're familiar with. And that is how we've got into this 20-year cycle of nothing but sequels, prequels, remakes, reboots, whatever you want to call it. Because they're safe. It's a safe bet, allegedly. So that's why you get your Indiana Jones movies. That's why you get the, you know, Scream 7. That's why you get these movies. Because they they need people, they need... uh, people to go to the theater based on i know this i know this product you know what about paw patrol mighty pups but 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 i say all this bill because that model of what's familiar is collapsing as well because this indiana jones movie fucking bombed at the at the box office well it bombed it was bad the marvel movies are bombing everything is bombing because people are over it 
Yeah. And so we're in a really weird transition so place right now. So how far until we get to, uh, in your point of view, till we get to the end, the other side, when it maybe it gets better or something changes? Like how far? Is that 10 years? Is it five years? Is it two years? This, this, everything is reciprocal. Like it all happens. Yeah. This, 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 by the way, this whole, you know, comic book movies and all this That's stuff. That's got to be almost done. It, it, it's, it, it's that is be. that is coming to an end. Yeah. That is coming to an end. But back in the fifties and, and sixties, you know, it was all westerns and musicals. Those were what those were what the big. That's what Hollywood. Was, those are the money makers. Yeah. That's what we're going to make. Mm. And then around sixty eight, the new Hollywood era comes in. This is when the young filmmakers, movies like uh, The Graduate, Easy Rider. The French Connection, like a new wave of cinema came out mm. and people were like, oh, this is great. We need to go watch this and killed the musical and killed the Western. Right. So, you know, yeah. what's going to kill the comic book movies? I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Those mid-budget movies, by the way, still get made, but they're made specifically for streaming. Yeah, they go right Netflix. to Netflix. Go right, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Netflix, just watched another Sandler movie. Speaking of somebody probably making money, is yeah. Adam Sandler. His new show Leo is a little like cartoon. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. it's great. It's yeah. so it's but it's, it's so easy. How much? I'm sure that didn't cost hardly anything. I had nothing but the utmost respect for Adam Sandler. It, he so, got a, he got a multi hundred million dollar deal with Netflix to produce movies with his with his friends. Out. Yeah, his friends. Yeah. So this one, if you watch the credits on this one, um, it, one of the seagulls from probably the old Saturday Night Live days, yeah. like half his family. And half of Sandler's family are in the credits. Yeah. Like more his kid, the kids, everyone's. Yeah. That's awesome, though. How cool is that? I mean, it, it, I've seen more Na- Siegel and San- uh, Sandler names oh, in yeah. the credits. But than, you know what? Good for him. It you is for saying? real. For and him. the movie's funny. It's good. It, it has a little lesson. And make no mistake. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, he's, yeah, like, he's like, doing awesome. you know, and he's made that money. Yeah. So, so anyway, there's an example. Of, but but yeah. unfortunately, that's this is the world we live in now. That um, and I don't mean to go on a tangent, but I know. Sorry to. Throw, I don't. Throw us that way. I don't see how this gets fixed. I, I don't see a scenario how this gets fixed. I don't see how we get back to. Well, it, people are gonna. You you can only lose money so much, right? So it it'll the dust will settle, and there's only gonna be three big players or two big. It's gonna have to stop soon. People can't just lose money. Well, that's the thing, because if you think about it, what's been keeping movie theaters alive over the past few years, it's been these big budget blockbuster films, and now people aren't going to watch them. And they're not putting in the mid-budget films. Horror movies are still going into the theater because they're made for cheap and they make money. Well, the theaters have to be creative and do other stuff while... uh that aren't movies. I know, but the thing yeah. is, if you look at AMC for a moment, they got, Oof. they got, yeah. you know, whatever. Let's just say, for argument's sake, they've got, you know, f- I don't know, I don't know how many hundred theaters, two hundred theaters. Or I mean, you got to figure. There's an AMC almost in every big city. So let's just say, let's just say, for argument's sake, they have a thousand theater chains in America. Okay. okay? Typically, where are those AMC theaters, malls, malls things like that? Okay, what, what? Yep. They don't own. They don't own the. Pro- they don't own that those building. properties. Right. They right. lease. They lease everything. Okay. So I mean, they don't own the land. AMC, you can't re- right. The, like McDonald's, yeah. for example, they yeah. own that. They they're like one of the biggest landowners yeah. in the United but you States. You can't repurpose movie theaters. No. no. You like that Regal by where in town that Regal. Yes. That thing is on life support right now. It has. To. And when it goes, they're going to have to demo the whole building. You yeah. can't repurpose that. A 16-screen multiplex. That's sad, though. I mean. That's sad. Just Man. watch. Just watch. Yeah. Watch over the next year. How many theaters deep clo- uh, start closing? So does that bring back the little ones? Like the, that's the, like a, the little Ocala 6 they used to go to. Yeah. They, they could survive. I mean, it's just... You know, it's maybe less money to maintain. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I just... don't know, man. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, all right. Let's, speaking of, um, let's go to like a couple of TV shows, and okay. then, you know, we yeah. you know we could just see where it takes us. So I watched Lioness, Gen V, uh, Ashoka, and Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Recently. All right. So let's start with uh, Gen V, which I have not seen yet. But that is a spinoff of the show The Boys. I think it's even more outrageous. I watched Which, one show and I was like, "This is." I saw the. I watched the first season of The Boys, 
And I said, this is clever as hell. Oh, my I God. I mean, this is a damning indictment on not just corporate America. Yes. It's a damning indictment on Marvel, on this, on, on everything that they're superhero, doing wrong. Superhero. It's corporate yeah, it's, America. Oh, it, yeah. Is, it is just, and, and I thought the show was brilliant. Mm. And I know it's based off of a graphic novel, so I know it's not an original right. IP. But at the same time, I was really into it. And there are some heavy scenes in that first season. I, you shake your head watching some of the stuff. Get into the second season, and I'm like, this is even more aggressive. Yes. The first episode of season three, I'm like, I'm out. Done. I'm done. I know. I just can't, I can't handle I'm this done. anymore. It's too much. Yes. Yeah, so Gen V is the same. Too yeah. Too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. I They've lost me. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 that's that one is on my. I don't know if I'll ever get around to watching. It's probably made really well and probably it is. You know, it's but, made well, but it's great. But, but the boys lost me on just it was. I love sensory talk. overload sure. to the extreme, I and agree. I was just like, yep. I can't, I can't handle this. Lost their way. I mean, um, I, sorry. Welcome to Wrexham. Yes, I watched the entire first season of Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, okay, I haven't got there yet. I found it to be a really, really interesting show, yes. and I say that as somebody who who didn't know anything about soccer, or as they call it, football, right over over in Europe. Yes. And I found it to be a fascinating look at how sort of the the levels the levels. Yes. I thought that was really interesting. It, I, I agree, and I how don't... how you as a team can fall go up and down yes. on the level based on how you play yes like could you imagine like the new york knicks have a losing season all of a sudden they're a, a d league or, or a g league, or league, a g yes. league team all yes. of a sudden like like that changes the entire like perspective on watching this like they have to win every game but that's a great formula for getting the best yeah. teams in a league I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? I, I found the show fascinating. Um, I don't know. If I they, won't spoil how the first season ends. I can't if you wait. Don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just getting going. But you learn a lot about maybe Ryan Reynolds too. I'm yeah. sure a little bit. You see a, a side of him, but um, I think it's just well done. And you, if you do like, any, I don't think you have to like sports to like this show. No, it's it's a it's a character study not only on on Ryan Reynolds and Rob McClaney. Uh, it's a character study on the town of Wrexham yes. in Wales. And, you know, it's 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 a fascinating yeah. It's a fascinating show. I thought it was really good. And great timing off Ted Lasso. The, yeah. Because I, I love Ted Lasso. It's just great timing of, wow. you know, and I don't think they planned any of that just coming off yeah. how good Ted Lasso is. But anyway, if you like Ted Lasso, I... I would watch this one. So yeah, I was I was really impressed with that, and it's a great underdog story, and it's it's really interesting. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. So I start at the second season. I've watched the first episode of the okay. second season, and I'm you know when I get cool. around to it. But it's a good show. Well, I turn fifty next year, and we were rumored to go to like Ireland and yeah. Scotland because I'm you know play golf, and my hometown's kind of Scottish, so. We had, we had been rumored to go over there, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, but maybe next. But it, now, now I want to go to this town. Yeah. Now I want to go to Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just curious. You didn't see Lioness? No. That's another Taylor. Uh, the Taylor guy that, Sheridan? Yeah. yeah Taylor, no, I have, no, I haven't got around to it yet. No. Um, kind of special ops. Highly recommend. Okay. Kind of one of those. Done. Excellent. Yeah, Done. Yeah. And By then, the way, do you know how Taylor Sheridan does that real quick? No. Oh. So... Taylor Sheridan, of course, you know he's on fire right now. He he wrote. I I found it interesting to learn that this is how the model works. Okay, so he does. He creates Yellowstone. All right, it's on the Paramount Network, but which is basic cable. All right, massive hit. Twenty comes out in twenty eighteen, becomes the number one show in America. All right, forget the fact that it's on cable. It becomes the number one show. Period. Sure. And the first few seasons are really entertaining. Oh. It's a modern day Dallas. Oh yeah, is what I, it's the, the show Sopranos is. in Wyoming or Montana so, or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Paramount signs Taylor Sheridan to uh, like a deal worth like three or four hundred million dollars to just start creating shows. So he does the the Mayor of Kingstown. He does Tulsa King. Uh, these Yellowstone. The eight, eight, the, the, 90, yeah, the spinoffs. Uh, yeah. The, the Lioness. He's got another one coming out. Yeah, he has it now. It's already out. So what I found interesting is he will come up with an idea for a show. He will write the the first episode. 
He'll come in and probably direct the first episode, and then he just hands it off. Oh, I want to be that guy. He just hands it off, and Great. then it's just t- turnkey, and then the, the, the hires the people to run the show, and then he's on to his next Great one. Great gig. I mean, the... <laughs> Great gig, but he's doing. They're all been good though. Because I, I remember asking a, a, a friend of mine who Love works in, who works in the industry. I said, "How does this man have any time in the world to be juggling this many he shows?" He goes, them. "He goes, no, he starts it and then they hand it off." Oh, I was like, "Oh, that's fucking brilliant! That's amazing! Brilliant! Oh, good for him!" So, Lioness, that I will, I will put that. It's one another on. one. It's excellent, yeah. Yeah. but it's quick. It's not long. You know, it's like whatever yeah. seven, eight episodes. Uh, let's go all the way back to Star Wars. We haven't even talked about Star Wars, Dana. Ashoka. Dana, you get to... See, I know, I love it. Give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could give a shit. I know, man. Like, I... I, I uh, like, the sad thing is, the first Star Wars comes out in 77. It's three years till we get another Star Wars movie, 1980. Then another three years before we get... The end of the Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi. Then it's 16 years before we get another Star Wars movie in 99. And then Lucas does another movie once every three years. Okay? Disney gets buys Lucasfilm for $4 billion. All right? Puts their first product out in 2015, which is The Force Awakens. And then for the next four years, there's a new Star Wars movie every year. Not once every three years, every year. Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Solo, and then Rise of Skywalker. All right? And then right after the Rise of Skywalker, then they start bombarding us with The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, you know, the 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 Obi-Wan show, you know. Yeah. And now there's Ahsoka. And, and, and just like what's sad about that is apparently the Andar show – Andor. 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 I love Apparently, that. that's a actually a really good show. I love that one. It was I could, excellent. I could give a shit. I know. Like, you I don't know. Desi- I no desire to watch any that of that. Was so, so good. I know. So the Ahsoka, I'm I'm vaguely familiar. I think with, it was pretty good. I mean, she's uh, trained. Uh, whatever. I mean, Let's not get just, into that. I mean, it's just you know what? It's just hey, uh, but it's, Anakin or whatever. Anakin, name, yeah. Anakin yeah, is yeah. her mentor. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> And it's all about, remember this? Every oh. time you watch one of those shows, remember this guy? Remember that person? All right, let, let's wrap up okay. with uh, a couple, like, maybe coming soon that okay. I'm excited to see. All right, see. go, go. Besides shoot. the Thanksgiving horror movie. Oh, my God, speaking of that, looks, I am that not, is, uh, that's a joke, right? That's not real. That, it is real. real. <laughs> my friend Jim Hempel interviewed Eli Roth oh, I'm uh, sorry. last yeah. week. Yeah, it's, it's a real movie. Oh, it is. Based okay. off of a joke trailer from 2007. Okay, see. All right. So, But it's a real movie, and apparently it's, it's getting pretty solid reviews inside the horror movie community. All right, but good. the issue I have is Eli Roth is his movies are so graphic and Over gory too much. that I just, it's just too I much. I don't want to watch. It's too much for me. Um, and then speaking of that, before I get to the, the last topic is last year, Silent Night, I think, yeah. came out. That yeah. I, awesome. The real Die Hard Christmas movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. The, the, which answers the question, what if Die Hard was a real Christmas movie? It is. Yeah. And so is Lethal Weapon, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, you're, right? not, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I think I, Lethal I, Weapon's I more Christmas than Die Hard almost. Yeah. The whole thing is Christmas. Yeah. All right, so anyway, I'm real. well, I fell in love with the Hunger Games uh, as like, you know, that's not my, like, I'm not the right age for that. Yeah. But I think I was transitioning companies and had like a ton of time on my hands and watched them all back to back. But this one, she's not in that, right? No, it's a prequel set 60 years before yeah, the event. Yeah, all right. So anyway, not super excited about that because yeah. I fell in love with her character. But Napoleon, I am... Which is out now. Yeah, I see it right here. I'm looking. I was looking to see like what maybe I'm excited about. So that to see. movie is getting the most mixed reviews Dang I've it. seen in a long time. People either love it or they don't like it at all. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground on this well, one. But I've heard, here's what I know. Yeah, okay. That... It's brutally violent. Really? Which would you you'd expect, you would expect from, from Ridley war. Scott, a Ridley okay, Scott Ridley movie. Scott, and it's about it's the same war. guy that directed, you know, Black Hawk Down and Gladiator. You know, it's going to be brutally sure. violent. Um, and that when it comes to, because it's an Apple TV uh, Plus production. Oh, oh, so when it comes to Apple, it's actually a four hour movie that will be released on Apple that they cut it down to like a two and a half hour movie for the theaters. That doesn't make uh, okay. So so I'm gonna wait till it comes on Apple and just yeah, or yeah, Apple, was, yeah, and then just watch the the way it was originally intended but that's to the be problem seen. With movie theaters, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But does it pay to have an opinion that's in the middle? You have to be like way I mean, over I the have, top. I, I can be opinionated in the middle on so well, many movies. Well, you can, but these people that scream and yeah. yell, good, bad, or whatever, it's horrible or it's the best. Like my, my, I have, I have very uh, uh, low uh, requirements for a movie. Nowadays, okay? like, is it? Am, am I engaged? You know, am I engaged? And am I interested? Am I interested in seeing how this story ends? That's that's my criteria. And, right. I, you know, and there are so many movies that are quote unquote bad movies that I find incredibly engaging. Oh, I know. Yeah. Trust me. Some of your list. Yeah. We should have one of our. Uh, we need to do. We need to do a bad. You remember when we yeah. used to do our. Uh, yeah. Our drafts? drafts. Yeah. Oh, man. We'll set one up. All right. Dana, you know what? Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. It, I mean, we talk, but the call to come out and see the, the new studio here. Yeah. And uh, the your coffee barista. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the hospitality. Big thank you to the studio. It goes out to our Patreon supporters because all the money I made from Patreon are reinvested into this studio. That's so awesome. that goes to the people that, including yourself, who help support yes, the show. You got it, buddy. So, so this was yeah. All, Hap- this, all this stuff I, I I use the Patreon money to buy. You know, if I don't talk to you, well, I know I'll see you. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dinner and a movie. But if we don't record, happy holidays. Yeah, Merry right. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year. All that kind of stuff. Absolutely, man. So, thank you. Bill, thanks Bill, for th- having me. Bill, thanks for doing the show, man. It's always a pleasure. Can't wait to come back. All right, guys. And my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.